Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you're all doing okay today. Today is day three, so that's where we'll be in Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter three in the New Living Translation. And this is what it says. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate and one called Beautiful Gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter preaches in the temple at this stage, and Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision, you released him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name had healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what the prophets had foretold about the Messiah. That he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and He will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For He must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through His holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me among your own people. Listen carefully to everything He tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. That is Acts 3. Very powerful. Very powerful. And what I want to encourage all of us is to see how this story has gone. 
You know, we can identify with different aspects of this story, but what we see here, again, Peter preaching such a powerful sermon, and it wasn't by his own strength. Peter healing a man, it wasn't because of his own strength, but it's because the Holy Spirit resided in him, and he sensed what God was doing, and he did what he was led to do, which was to lift this man up and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. You know, when was the last time we were so bold to do what God has told us to do or put in our hearts to do? When was the last time we prayed and asked God as we were walking along our way to um, be able to minister to someone else? You know, God allows us to minister to people sometimes when we really don't even realize it. And we're along our way and somehow or another we see that God has orchestrated for us to come together, either to talk, to encourage each other. But when do we actually seek God early in the morning and say, Lord, help me do what you call me to do. You know, and I think that's the attitude that we need to have as Christians to, to, to take a proactive step on this. I mean, I'm not criticizing anyone for not doing this. It's, it's really out of our normal nature to do what God has called us to do because coming into the faith, knowing Jesus Christ, a lot of times is up here, but then in everyday practice, it, it, it's just not something that we include. But yet being a Christian should seep into every aspect of our life. What would it look like if we said, Lord, today, as I'm going back and forth, show me who you want me to touch. Show me who you want me to connect with. With, so that you could connect to them through me. And so, you know, as we look at this story, you could see this verse in Acts 3, 16. It says this, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. You know, people are hurting. People need Jesus. We have Jesus. We may not see the need for Jesus because we're like, yeah, I got him in my back pocket. and I've got fire insurance. I'm not going to go to hell. But then there's people around the world who don't have Jesus. I mean, we're not perfect. None of us are. And it doesn't mean that just because we're not perfect, we can't share about God's love. The reason why we're not perfect and the reason why God accepts us as we are and our hopes and desire to be more and more like him is more reason for us to share about Jesus Christ. But some people, maybe it's us, maybe it's someone else, we're sitting ironically at that gate called beautiful. As ugly, as, as deformed, as broken as we are, these people um, are there, brought in. Sometimes we are not you know, living in our own terms. Something is controlling us. Something is, 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 is taking advantage of us. I believe this man was being taken advantage of. Um, this was maybe his work. I remember watching the movie Slumdog Millionaire and it showed how, you know, beggars, kids who were beggars were put there by people and they would get maybe a small cut of whatever money they were able to make. But then it was the people who were behind these kids who placed them where they were begging um, that, that took their money and made a profit off of them. And so people brought this man in at a gate called Beautiful. It was a high traffic area. People would walk in, walk out. People have seen this man. He's been there for years. They recognize him. And for some of us and maybe some of our friends, you know, we've been, we are being taken advantage of. The world is using us up. The world is using us as a tool. I mean, if you think about it, like my cell phone here, this is a cell phone. We think this is for us to control, but in reality, this controls us. And we don't even realize it. Maybe this man was so used to that, but he needed to be cut off. And what did, what did Peter and John do? They said, by faith, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, 
walk. You're free from that. You're free from all these things. And people who are stuck within their sin, within the sins of others, they need to hear the message of freedom. And freedom not to go back in their old ways. Imagine if we've been saved from something, why would we put ourselves back in the old place once again? If someone rescues you from the ocean, why would you jump back in? I mean, you know, it reminds me of the movie Toy Story 4 of Sporky, who, who just can't believe that he is a toy, that he's that he is loved, that he is wanted. And he goes back to being trash. He wants to jump into the trash can. And that, in a sense, is the same thing with us. Um, sometimes when we have salvation in Jesus Christ, instead of seeing how beautiful it is and living within it and then living by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do, we go back into our old ways and the efficiency of our life to do what we need to do is not there. And because of that, the people who are around us who need to hear about Jesus Christ are not hearing. And not only that, they're still living in their old mindset, not realizing that if they accept the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior, not only would they be saved, but they're part of God's family. And there's privilege that comes with that. There is um, a lot of advantages for being part of God's family, knowing why we exist, knowing why we are given the skills that we were given. And even church has become a place where we just come together and just be busy. You know, I was talking to an individual not too long ago about how church takes up a lot of time. Can I commit to that much time? Rather, it should be where as churches, we need to equip people who go into their world and share the gospel there. To encourage those people, to pray with those people. Not necessarily through a class or through a training, but just simply being there, praying for them, guiding them, having them trust in God so that when their clients come see them, they could see that as well too and it could lead up to a great relationship. I don't know what it could look like. But as I read this chapter and I, re I reflect on my life, do I look for people or do I seek God and ask Him, Lord, reveal to me how I could be a blessing to someone else? How by faith, in the name of Jesus, someone could be healed and we need to get off our high horse where we're saying well i don't know enough to share my faith with someone else who cares what you know it's not about you it's not about you it's not about peter peter said that in that sermon why are you looking at us so you know crazily it's not us you think we were able to do this no it was Jesus of Nazareth, through God, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He took something miraculous and he connected that where people were able to connect back to it. And the same thing goes for us. If we're going to study through Acts, we need to see how God can work through us. And not us working for God. So, my hope today is that as we read this, we see that... Um, it's not about me. God makes what's ugly beautiful. A few questions to reflect on for today. One, what does this passage teach us about God? What does it teach us about God? How does it apply to us? Are there any areas of brokenness in our life that we have to accept as normal? And what step can we take today to have healing happen within our own lives? You know, in Acts 3.11, the beggar held on to Peter and John as they stood by him. Who do you hold on in times of needs? Do you have friends who will you help follow Jesus? And are we a friend to help others follow Jesus despite our shortcomings? I know this is longer than my other ones and my usual ones. However, 
It is a great passage, and my prayer and hope for you is that you really seek God and see that the ugliness in every single person can be turned beautiful when God touches their lives. Have a great day, everyone. May God bless you and encourage you today. And may he use you in mighty ways when you least expect it. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. In the next one, of course. Bye-bye.